Welcome to the England Rugby Pod. Thanks for downloading episode 79. This week we respond to one of our listeners on the subject of rugby in the US, plus we look at England's growing injury crisis pre the summer tour. You're listening to the England Rugby Pod, the rugby podcast that believes England will win the World Cup in 2019. Hey guys, uh, welcome back. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by Mr. Wood. Hi, Dan. We've been speaking for like the last two hours, so it feels weird to say hi to you, but how are you? <laughs> I'm good, I'm good. What do you mean we've been speaking for the last two hours? We do all, <laughs> we do all of this just off... off, off no, arranging stag dudes. Off the top of our heads. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. We don't, we don't plan anything. Well, it certainly sounds like that. Well, well so, so you'll be very surprised to hear that uh, before we get into this episode, uh, I've got an email to read out, and, and I'm sure you, you had no idea this was coming. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we, we received an email from, from a listener, uh, a Tom Fossil, or Fossell, um, and he says, Hi guys, I live in the United States, but since we are, as of this year, just getting our first viable professional rugby setup ever, um, over the years I've followed the Premiership pretty closely. Uh, and as a result, I've become a diehard England fan. Always good to hear. Um, I just found your podcast uh, whilst, what does he say? I've just found your podcast on Spotify uh, a couple of months ago while looking at O2's Inside Line podcast. But I've actually found that I like the podcast that you two produce much better than theirs anyway. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, I had a couple of ideas for you to talk about in your pod. I know you probably get these all the time, so feel free to ignore them. Uh, we do obviously get these all the time, Tom. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. this is not our first email ever. Um, but uh, it was definitely worth reading this one out. <laughs> so he says, firstly, about what your favourite teams slash players are currently in the Premiership. Uh, he says, I think I remember you talking about school in Gloucester in one episode and making funny fun of Billy Twelve Trees. Uh, but I can't remember either of you really discussing who your favourite teams or players are. Uh, and I, for one, would be pretty interested to hear about that. Uh, secondly, as I mentioned, the US has finally built a viable professional level of rugby in a number of cities throughout the country, with more teams from New York to Chicago uh, and even teams from Canada looking to join next year. So he says, I was wondering what you got, what your guys' thoughts are on pro rugby in the States how that might affect the Premiership, whether there's a possibility for crossover games or whether the US might be sending some of their top talent over to our side of the pond once they get the exposure that a professional level of uh, play grants. So he says, bottom line, I really enjoy your podcast. Listen to it just about every day. And if either of you ever find yourselves in the Chicago-ish area, contact me and I'd love to meet for a beer. Uh, So thanks, firstly, uh, Tom. Uh, We really appreciate you getting in touch. Um, and you've raised some very interesting questions. Yeah, do you know what, Tom? Thanks a lot. That's a re- that's a really nice uh, review. And guys, genuinely, we will try and get you, whether that be sort of replying directly or mentioning it on the pod, if you get in touch. We really do appreciate it. And Tom, um, yeah, thanks so much for your kind words. But like you say, Andy, yeah, there's there's some there's some good stuff in there, isn't there? Like the American thing, I find really interesting. Yeah, there's there's a number of things I think we need to talk about in in that. He's, and as you say, he's, he's raised some good points. And and as Dan said, guys. Uh, we, this this sort of stuff is exactly what we want. Um, so as Tom has done, if you want to get in touch, at englandrugbypod at gmail.com is probably the easiest way to do it, or we're on all the social media platforms that you'd expect, um, and that's at englandrugbypod. Yeah, because, I mean, I think, I think the difference with our podcast compared to perhaps other rugby podcasts, we're not pretending to know more than you guys. Um, we're massive rugby fans, of course we are, but... What we say is obviously our opinion as fans, as what we'd chat with our mates down down the pub. 
so we want you guys to sort of challenge us or, or agree with us or whatever you know your own thoughts are because we're, we're not trying to you know say we we know we have all the answers because we don't we're just trying to give our opinion as you know two two guys grew up playing rugby who love the sport yeah yeah so so turning to tom's email then first question was favorite teams and players uh and he says currently in the premiership um but i'm going to caveat that with if we're looking at uh all time it's got to be johnny oh. right Johnny is the finest man to have ever laced up boots. Yeah, closely followed <laughs> um, by John O, um, or in fact any of the 2003 World Cup winning squad. Yeah, agreed. But uh, but yeah, in terms of in terms of the question that he actually asked us, uh, favourite teams uh, and players currently in the Premiership. I think rugby is a bit different uh, that, to, to say up to other sports and particularly you know, football and things. And, I, and I, I don't know if you agree with this. There, there are obviously diehard fans, um, mm-hmm. but I think there's a lot of rugby fans who who might have a team that that they kind of are slightly more uh, interested in. But as, a, as a, you know, on the whole, and I th- certainly that's the case for me. On the whole, you know, it sounds cheesy, but rugby is the winner. You know, it's it's the game that I'm supporting. <laughs> and, um, I, I would <laughs> rather pick the side that I want to win in each game that I watch than than just follow one team. Uh, that said, if I had to choose someone, it would probably be Harlequins, just because of where I live. Uh, they're, they're a team that I've that I've followed all my life. Um, what are you talking about? What, what do you mean? If you had to pick a team, when we lived together for when we shared the flats for God knows how many years, your bed sheets were Quins, your wallpaper <laughs> was Quins, Quins towels, Quins bib at the dinner table. Um, mate, you're a, you're a Quins fan. Okay, you? okay, I'm a Quins fan. <laughs> there you go. And you, Dan. I, on the other hand, do you know what? He's I probably going to lie now and say that his favourite team is Saracens because uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're top of the Premiership. But go on, tell us, tell us your favourite team. <laughs> Exeter are actually top of the Premiership. But Ooh. no, over the years, I've followed different teams. So there was a period um, where I, my uncle lived in Leicester when I was very young. So when, when the they team were I'd doing really most. well. So glory, yeah, yeah, glory exactly. hunter. Glory hunter. <laughs> How weird. And then when I was, uh, when I was uh, dating Lou, her old man was uh, a season ticket holder at Bath. So I'd go there a lot. But, I mean, we both do. We've both got, like, a lot of friends who are quite closely related to Gloucester. I've got a very soft spot for Gloucester. Um, like, be them, like, our, not, not our friends aren't the players, but they, they're friends with the players. So we, I go to Gloucester. Um, over the years, I've been to Gloucester quite a lot to watch them. Um, my local team at the moment is Saracen. So basically, I'm just naming every Premiership team. I'm, I'm going to shut up. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. But, I, but I genuinely, if a Premiership rugby game's on, I want to watch it. Whereas, I, I mean, I'm a big sports fan anyway, but at football, I, I want to watch my team. I, I, I'm not that bothered by the others as much. But on rugby, I'm like, yeah, cool. Who's playing? If it's a Championship game, I'm like, put it on. Yeah, yeah. It's, it is very different. It is very different. But um, okay, so you've got to pick one. I, I've been forced to pick Harlequins. Uh, which, which team am I going to go for? I, I'm going to go. Uh, oh man, I'm going to go Gloucester. Nice. Okay. Well, I mean, which works nicely because, of course, your favourite player is, as uh, as Tom mentioned, Billy Twelvetrees. <laughs> I love that guy. Um, I still, still think like he them. should be uh, in contention for for England. I mean, the England captain. England captain. Uh, Excellent. <laughs> Do you know what, though? My favourite player, the player I've enjoyed watching the most, uh, and unfortunately he's been injured quite a lot at the moment, but like I say, when I used to go to Bath a lot, was Kyle Eastman. I thought that guy was such quality. Um, He he was just, he could change a game like no one else. I mean, he got a few England caps, and and to be honest, he never really 
um, sort of shone for England a few good times. But when that guy's playing and playing regularly, I I think he's got there's something about him that almost it's sort of like other a few other players have it like Danny Cipriani has it a bit where they can just produce something that others can't. Mm. Um, so I'm a massive Kyle Eastman fan. Um, I'm and I'm trying to purposely not pick the England players because I just. It, it, you know, I mean, so, I, yeah, I hear it's difficult not to though because you know we're the England rugby pod and and yeah, you, know, you, you naturally you naturally lean towards the the best players in the game um, and from an England perspective and, and looking at the Premiership, that's obviously the England players. But yeah, and in that you, there's multiples. You know, you have got obviously Billy Vanapola, who's who doesn't love him. Um, Owen Farrell, you know, is one of the best players in the world. Who doesn't love so him? Farrell's a player I respect the most. Just yeah. everything about him. Yeah. Uh, the way he trains. He's the player I probably respect the most. The player I want to watch the most is Kyle Eastman. Manu, when he's when he's fit. Oh, dear God. Yeah, yeah. Actually, when he's on fire, I quite enjoy watching him. You know, just, you know, he, he, every game you watch, it's just a, a collection of, it's like a big hits. It's like one of those, you know, big Bosch, <laughs> Mick the Munch, massive munches video or something. Um, oh, that's a great video. collection of massive hits, but actually in just 80 minutes of rugby on a on a Saturday afternoon. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously, fingers crossed with him that he uh, not only stays fit, but uh, you know, stays fit for a decent amount of time, and we can get him back into the England setup on a regular basis because he is uh, an important member of the squad when he's uh, when he's available. Um, but yeah, so I, I I genuinely don't think I can pick one player. If you had to, you had to say one player. <sighs> You're loving Samaro at the moment, aren't Mar- you? Yeah, yeah. Samaro, he's another one. How how can you not love a, love that? What he's doing? He's, he's, he's awesome. He's a legend. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to think beyond England, but I but I just don't think I can. I think it's got. Yeah, to be, no, that's fine. I think I think it's got to be. I, but no, Billy, I know he's been injured. I'm going to go Billy. Billy's Billy's world class. But yeah, and Billy, Manu, <laughs> Farrell, and Samaro will be my four. Nice. Nice. How um, I think people are listening to this, like, we don't give a shit who you like. <laughs> Let's start talking more rugby on the whole. So, uh, uh, what's, no, uh, no, no. Tom was very clear. To quote him, to quote him, and I, for one, would be pretty interested to hear about that. So, there you go, Tom. You've, you've heard about it now. Um, but we will move on to the to the more uh, the more sensible question of the uh, rugby in the US and and you know the the sort of the impact that it uh, that it is having might be having soon you know and um, and what we think is going to happen there and um, I think there's probably quite a lot we can talk about on this because <clears throat> there's definitely you know I mean look if if America if the US tomorrow decided to I don't know find a way to to take the best talent that they have and put it into a, a, a rugby league, it, it would be the best league in the world. Like No, easy, easy. Maybe not tomorrow. Maybe not tomorrow. But if you look at the the, ta- the, the pool of talent They've that they have... They've got some hell of resources <laughs> and you, there. And, and if, could, could you know, grow, the, yeah. the closest game is obviously American football. If you look at the, the pace and the power of the guys that play that sport... Um, you know, with, with the right... I mean, yeah, you're right. Tomorrow is a ridiculous idea. Of course, it's not going to happen overnight. Um but they have the potential to become a world-class side, uh, you know, the inter- international side, and produce a world-class league. But I think it's going to take 20 years to do it. 
Yeah, yeah, mate. That, that's the problem. Everyone has sort of, not everyone has the potential, but in theory, you could argue China has the potential just because of mass of people. So the American League, I think, and I could just be making this up. This could be bullshit, but I don't think it is. I think they tried once before, but the problem before is it was one guy trying to set up the league and he was the money holder for like the whole league. Whereas now I think the teams are being done separately, like like the premiership. Yeah. So that makes automatically makes it a, a lot better, for, in my opinion. Um, they like you say, the resources they have from the American football side, it's not ingrained in their culture. So that's a massive thing that. That's like, you know, in New Zealand, everything's rugby. Uh, in I, I, I mean, the, the thing with America, you look at the, the you know, high school, it all starts, starts at high school. The high school teams have bigger followings than some of our top sports teams over here. Um, oh, yeah, know, yeah, sport yeah. in high school is huge. And that's where it all begins, you know, or Little League or whatever they call it, um, before that all happens. And the problem you're going to have is that these kids, they go to school and they go, right, what sport am I going to play? In fact, a lot of them, they pick their school or their school, you know, has a sport. That's, that's their main their main one, whether they're an American football school, a baseball school, a basketball school, whatever it might be. Um, and there probably aren't as many rugby schools. Um, so so you're, you're limiting your talent that way. Probably. And also... And also, and we have, a, we have it over here, obviously, with, with the comparisons with football. You know, these kids are going, look, if I'm, they're all natural sportsmen, the ones that end up going on to, 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 to be professionals in whatever sport they choose. So they probably, in a lot of cases, at a young age, could go either way. You know, they, they have that, abil- that natural ability. They just need to, to then go and train. Um, do, are they going to pick rugby? Is there enough money in it? That's the first question. You know, yeah, I mean, that, that's 150 a very million good a year point. to be a to be a top professional American footballer or, or baseball player, or maybe you know, or, or a very nice half a million a year to be a professional rugby player. Which, which in America, I think would probably be ambitious. I I have no idea what their financial situation is with. Yeah. but so, so that's here's, the first. Here's the that's the first thing I think is is a potential issue. So I think what. Term. What they need to do is they need to, they can't just look at this. It needs to be a long-term plan. It needs to be a long-term strategy. <clears throat> the guys putting the money in and, and great, you know, I'm, you know, brilliant that they're doing this for the game we love, but they need to accept they're probably not going to get a return for, I don't know, five, ten years. Yeah, eight. Two, what, two World Cup cycles, I reckon. <clears throat> yeah, no, I, th- I think, I think that's a good, because, you know, you have to grow the interest. You have to grow the players. And, like you say, as players and the teams get better, there is the very real danger that, you know, a few of the top players may well come over to Europe because, you know, the leagues are more competitive and, quite frankly, the money would will probably be a lot more. However, this, is, this is the thing, yeah, even if the money isn't, even if the money over there is, is massive because, you know, the, the money exists if the right people get involved, do these guys... Yeah. You know, on the one hand, it's like the pride of playing in your own country. But but these top flight players who are going to be called on by the likes of Saris and Leinster and and Toulon and you know all the top teams in Europe, are they going to be dragged away from America because they actually they want to play with the best players in the world? So it's, it's another yes. factor that I think that's gonna that's, that probably is as Tom said, you know, going to drag talent over to our side of the pond. But to caveat that, and I'm not saying that this will necessarily improve the standard um, of the league, but to caveat that, what might happen, which actually could perhaps help the profile, is maybe some of the 
older players who were legends, the likes of, for, for example, we see Dan Carter going to Japan. Yeah. People coming to the end of their career could go to America. Now, their names will probably not mean much to most of America, but it will do to a few more people. So you might just help it'll draw more interest the from Yeah, it'll, it'll draw more interest from other parts of the world as well, which, you know, the, the, if America starts getting more global eyeballs on what they're doing, then it just gives them more incentive to keep to keep doing it. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Well. So but that's so but that that's that not but that's not the solution to becoming a, a kind no. of a competitive world oh, class no. sort of setup. And and to you know America to be fair, in the 7s they're up there already. Um yeah. and, and in the 15s they're getting better all the time. So they definitely have the talent. Um, but but you know to to maintain that and to really reach the the kind of the top you you need the league as well and that's going to take time and I think I think they will lose players uh, over the course of getting to that point you know there will be players that move over and and it will be one of these situations where at some point the talent that ex- that, that remains in the states will will have reached a, a level that draws those players back and that's when we'll start to see things change. Um, and it yeah, may well I, be, and it may well be that it flips the whole thing around at that point because there may be a shed load more money in it, and and you may find that there are European players who start to go over there for the cash. Yeah, quite possibly. I, I mean, I think that's very long term. Yeah. Um, but also, do you, do you know what? It, it almost sounds like it would be negative. I think it's a brilliant thing. No, I really I like the fact they're doing it. Um, I, it's, you've had the same kind of top ten in the world forever since the game, <laughs> since the game began, really. Yeah. So it, it's about time that you know you've got Japan doing what they did in the last World Cup. Uh, you, you know, the Americans looking looking much stronger. You know, on the on the sort of uh, the European side, you've obviously got teams like Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, I think uh, it, it's good for the game. It's good to have more competition. Um, it's going to put pressure on teams to get better. Um, but I think what, it's. What I, I don't, don't think it's going to happen see. that quickly. Yeah, and what I don't want to see is because uh, I think Tom mentioned this as well, sort of crossover, like about playing the matches. Yeah, sure, playing friendlies. I don't think you can have an American team in an English league or vice versa because it's not, you know, it's just not practical. You can't play top level rugby, especially I think with the jet lag and things, because that is the sort of time where you might get more injuries. So yeah. I hope there's a close crossover with regards to pre season. And, and even the odd exhibition match, like they, you know, they do every year. But I don't think you can do it as part of a season. I, I don't know if that's what Tom was suggesting in fairness, but um, no, I think he probably is talking about yeah the possibility of crossover games. But I, but I, 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 yeah, I agree with you. I don't that, that friendlies only. It's never gonna. It's not gonna work just because of the distance. Um, it's yeah, not, it's not gonna work um, until you know until they invent teleportation and then and then we'll do it. Have you not got that yet where you live? No, they haven't installed it. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, God, they're, they're bad down there. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that, that's a, it's an interesting one. This American League, I something I'm going to watch closely. And what I think they've done really well is they put, from what I understand, is they put a lot of foundations in place early on. They didn't, you know, they weren't stupid about it. They really understood. This is the impression that I've got. They really understood that, they need to, you, you know, you can't do this half-heartedly. And you've got players like uh, Alex Corbusiero, who's over there at the moment, and is, um, you, you know, he lives over there, and he's part of it, and he's helping 
Um, I don't know in what capacity, but he's certainly a, a face of rugby over there. Yeah. Um, and, and there are people, I think there's a few others, so, you know, ex-internationals who are part of this. And, and that's great. It's good that they're getting involved. And, and I really hope it works. I'd love to get America a bigger part in, on in global rugby. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's getting it into schools um, as more of a, a desirable kind of main sport. That's going to be the key just because of the way that sport works in the States. You know, uh, it, it will automatically give it um, the exposure that it needs, you know, because mm. towns kind of, you know, their high schools become a, a, a bit of a focal point and the, and the high school sports team, if that is a rugby team, then that's what, you know, we, we've all watched Friday Night Lights and if you haven't, you should, it's awesome. Um, it is awesome. That's the American football version, obviously, but, you know, when you start to create a similar thing with, with rugby, because that is the sport for that town, um, but it, it's how easy it is, is it to do that? You know, it's a relatively new thing for them, so, uh, so that so will be the first question. step in terms of a long-term plan to, to develop the game I think so quick question and I'm not trying to undermine American football here because it, it's, it's a great sport and it's very physical but you know like in American high schools we you know the football guys were jocks for sort of alpha males do you think rugby might even be able to take that over be like yeah sorry we don't have to wear you know we don't have to wear helmets to protect ourselves oh well, you ain't padding there sweetheart do you think the rugby could almost I don't think you'd have more? I don't think you'd have American football and rugby in the same school. That's the problem. Yeah, maybe unless it's a very big school, which a lot of them probably yeah. are. But you know, so but maybe in schools where, I don't know, basketball is is one of the key sports. You know, it's an indoor sport, so rugby becomes the outdoor. I don't, I don't really know. Or maybe it's a case of saying well, actually we're changing our sport. You know, schools where they're just not very good at whatever the sport is. Maybe they decide, you know what, we're going to do a bit of a rebrand, and actually rugby is going to become our thing. I don't, I don't know how, I don't know enough about how the high school system works over there, um, other than what you, you know, what you watch on TV. But um, which is a hundred percent real. Yeah, of course, of course. Mm. Mostly documentaries like Friday Night Lights. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's like it's so weird, isn't it? Like they've on if you go on Netflix or Amazon Prime. The amount of documentaries they have, and a lot of them are just about high school rivalries. Yeah, that's how big American football is. I mean, could you imagine? Like, you went to Wellington, one of probably one of the, if not the biggest rugby school in the country. You know, Wellington certainly up there is one of them. I can't imagine them ever doing a documentary about <laughs> Wellington rugby. No, no. Well, maybe they should have done. You know? The Hass, uh, the Hass went there. He did loads of loads of people went there, didn't they? And then yeah. very good rugby school with like some like the Whitgift, um, Coulson. So there's a lot of them, but yeah, Wellington's certainly one of them. But even that, I mean, it's just absurd. No one would even consider it because it's it just, is just... the interest isn't there. In it, yeah, so it's, it is weird. It is weird. But this is the differences in our in our cultures, I suppose. Um, America is so big uh, by comparison that. I guess you know towns need a is sort it, of a, a thing to to get behind. It's for a social focal point. Then, yeah, you know, exactly, towns, and that, and that yeah. seems to be what it is. And and that's the key. You know, you got you got high school sports teams that take fifty thousand people and and, and sell out. That's insane. And so what, I remember once seeing something, and we're, and we're digressing here, so we'll move on in a sec. But seeing something saying, "How good is it for the kids?" Because the high school sport football star that could be the pinnacle of his life. 
because that's when he's sort of lionized by everyone and yeah. then you know it goes out and it's like well as we yeah. said that documentary friday night lights it makes it, it highlights that doesn't it with the the guys mm. that that after high school where they were legends they stick around in their in their small towns and suddenly they're not legends anymore it's depressing and you know they hang out with with all the the young high school people and then it all turns a bit weird and um yeah watch it guys really good really good really good documentary should we not be trying to sell more rugby stuff? Yeah, or? let's let's move on to more rugby stuff. So, so yeah, so Tom, I hope that's answered some of your questions. Obviously, follow up with us. Um, uh, we obviously, as, as we said at the beginning, we get a lot of emails, uh, but right. uh, we'll try and dig out your your reply if you send one and uh, and and see if we can't respond to it. And guys, um, if you'd also like to send your emails through again, we'll we'll, we'll dig through them all because there are so many of them. Um, Just so busy right now. See, see what we can find. But uh, yeah, Tom, really appreciate you getting in touch with us. Um, yeah, thanks, mate. Hopefully that's gone some way to responding to some of your questions. But um... And Tom, just to let you know, the danger is when everyone always writes in and saying, like, oh, if you're this way, call me up for a beer and come meet you. We actually would do that. So if we are that way, do expect to meet for a beer. Indeed. I'm, I'm done. Indeed. Indeed. Right. Well, let's let's move back to England rugby. Um, got a few things to talk about, uh, but right off the bat, quick, quick kind of. I don't know if it's so much updates. There's, a, there's at least one update, but um, possibly some information that we've failed to share previously regarding the tour, and that's those guys who are injured and can't make it. Um, JJ was always a bit of a. We were unsure. It's confirmed now. He's having foot surgery. He's out. Anthony Watson is out. He's got an Achilles injury. Courtney Laws is out. Knee injury. Nathan Big Hughes case. is out. Knee injury. And then the latest is Dylan Hartley, although he's actually been out for a while because it was, I think the last time he played rugby was was against Ireland in the Six Nations. Hey, well, um, yeah, it was from that match, wasn't it? it was, yeah. He got a concussion and he's been told he needs to rest and he needs the summer off. So he's not going either. Um, it's. I'm, I'm looking at those names and there may be more that we can add to that nearer the time I'm looking at those names and I'm thinking for the most part it's it's not too much of a problem I mean Nathan Hughes no. is probably well, and, and Courtney Laws but Nathan Hughes certainly is I one who Nathan would have Hughes wanted to have been one there odd, yeah yeah um, because I think I think you know Billy hopefully is going to be back um, and with Sam Simmons uh, playing the way he's playing you know there's there's competition uh, at the back number eight uh, although I would prefer to see Sam Simmons uh, at six or seven, I don't know which way around. Um, Anthony Watson and JJ, not too concerned there. Uh, so the Anthony Watson one, I find quite interesting because if you say fullback, so is he going to take Mike Brown? He probably will. We mentioned Alex Good the yeah. other week. How about Woodward at Gloucester? That guy is on fire. He's English qualified, and he's absolutely bossing it right now. Maybe. That I'd like to see him... I mean, don't forget. I'd probably like to see him go ahead of Good. I think Good is the better fullback right now, but I just he is also a bit older. Whereas Woodward could potentially. Yeah, don't 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 forget. Jack Knoll is a lion who played fullback. Yeah. Uh, So he's he's a possibility there as well. Elliot Um, Daly. Daly. Yeah, I think Daly's probably wasted at fullback to be honest. But um, but yeah, he's a possibility. So there are definitely options. But I think in terms of the risk to the players themselves, I think. You know, JJ probably more so, but there isn't, I don't, well, no, that's not true. I think he's, he's, he's shown Eddie what he's capable of. Both of them have. 
Um, and so I, I think they were probably going to get left out. If it was me selecting, I'd have left them out anyway and and, and told them to rest. Um, uh, yeah, agreed. Courtney, yeah, Law's, the Courtney Law's probably the same. Um, there's competition there, but I think I, I feel like we know who the competition is and that they know it. And so I probably would have rested him too. Yeah. Um, the big so one we, actually is, is Dylan Hartley. I yeah. Think. This yeah. is a, this is a problem and it's, I'm not really sure whether it's a problem for him or it's a problem for England because we've talked about how important he is as a leader just because of the leadership that exists in the England setup and it's fairly limited. Well, certainly that's the lack it of seems. it. Yeah. But there's also been a lot of talk about how he's just not good enough. You know, the two guys that, that everyone's been calling for to come in instead of him, they will, I would imagine, be the two guys. So Jamie George and Cameron Dickey, I assume you're yes. referring to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'd imagine they'll be the two that will go. Um, although obviously Jamie George, so. Jamie George was a lion, so it depends whether or not he decides to rest all lions. But yeah, um, if they go out there and they absolutely boss it, is it a bit weird to then come back and go, "Thanks, guys, you were awesome, but we're bringing our captain back." Yeah, so this is an interesting part because let's make no mistake: South Africa in South Africa are going to be they're going to be proud. Their their rugby's taking a beating. They've got more players coming back, available at least. Um, so this is going to be a tough tour. And I actually think it might be good not having Dylan Hartley there. So the other leadership will go. I suspect Owen Farrell will be... Oh, will Owen Farrell go, though? I wouldn't take him. Because of the Lions stuff. Who will be captain? Yeah. Well, this is it. This is it. I mean, he's just going to have to pick somebody. Oh, yeah, Owen Farrell might go, you know. I, I, I hope he doesn't. I, I, mean, I, I think it's an opportunity to just say, I, what I hope he doesn't do is what he did in Argentina and make kind of like, oh, we're having three captains. You know, I, yeah, I think yeah, it's an opportunity I, I to give someone that job and say, there you go. And But I want it to be someone who could potentially actually be the oh, yeah. captain. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, so, so I would take George Ford out of that because he can't be guaranteed. No one can be guaranteed a spot. But, you know, I want it to be someone who you think, I keep saying Joe Launchbury. I might slip by that. Yeah. I don't think he will be. Ben Young's? Possibly. Ben Young's is a good shout. Um, I don't really like scrum halves as captains, but Laidlaw seems to do it all right. Or did, George did Gregan it right. did it well for years, Gregan didn't did he? did it well, so it's not unheard of. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, what about like a Mako? Nah. Is he sensible is he... enough? Mako, yeah. I, I would have thought so. I, d I don't know the guy that well. Uh, uh, and by that, I've never met him. Yeah. Um, uh, Marrow, but I think he'll be left behind. Yeah, Mako might as well, actually. I mean, maybe because of his age, um, Marrow will go, and maybe he will be given the opportunity. I'd love to see that. Marrow, Marrow needs a break, mate. He's played uh, uh, so much rugby. He does need a break, but, you know, he's only about 12. Yeah, but, you know, even... even Exactly, he needs his, he needs his sleep time. I mean, he's probably got your Quinn's pyjamas. Um, but... He needs less. Why, why would he have Quinn's pajamas? <laughs> He's a Quinn fan. He's a massive. Is he? Fan. Is he? Yeah. Just on the slide. Just couldn't the couldn't slide. get in. Had to go to Sarries. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Uh, do, do you know? Do you know what though? Actually, it's interesting you say that. Can get in. Quinn's have got a record of turning away really good second rows. They did it to George Cruz. Did they? Um, they did it to. I, th I can't remember. I think it might have been Ben Kay or something. No, it wasn't Ben Kay. It seems straight there. But it was another like full-on England international. Um, maybe even Courtney North or someone. So, but I'm pretty sure no one's turning down Marrow, but... No. Um, 
Mara's but, also not uh, going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's what you mean leaving Saracen? Yeah, yeah. He signed a new massive contract. I don't know what it is. Three hundred just... years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and but uh, although actually rugby sort of stamped down on it, but so he might stay. So the captain is an interesting. What I hope, what I don't want them to do is put a a sort of Dan Cole as captain. No, I, I'm not convinced Dan Cole will go. No, he may not. Um, but I don't want it to be somebody who's just not going to be the captain again. So I threw out Hask last week. You did. You did. Is, just, is this not? It can't be Rob Short. He could go out there that. and do a job, but I just don't think he's. I, I wouldn't. I, I'm sorry, and I say the same thing with Rob Shaw as well. I don't think he's going to make it all the way to the World Cup just with the talent that's coming through. Just from I, I, so I, I'm starting to think Haskell might. I think a new club will do him well. He, he seems so energised. Yeah. He's getting married. Congratulations. Uh, he is. Um, to your old, does, to your old mate's daughter, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Old oh, Richard and Judy, if you're listening. Hi guys, how are you? Do you remember Dan? Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think we'll leave that there. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, massively phoned me off. But um, no, every time I hear Haskell speak in an interview, and he's he's kind of like this as a character anyway. It's one of the reasons I actually really like Haskell as a sort of a player and a sort of personality, uh, certainly a rugby personality. I don't really know him as a personality outside, like with his other endeavours. But he seems really positive at the moment, to a point where I'm starting to think he wants this. He's to me. He seems to be the one wanting it the most. Oh, there's no question. Like I think, I think if he didn't want it or he did genuinely didn't believe it, it, there was a possibility, I don't think he'd be looking for an English club. I think he'd have gone yeah. abroad, um, and and played and for the money and said, Do you know what? I've got I don't know three years left maybe in my career. I don't can't remember exactly how old he is, but let's say for example it's that he'd have gone right. Who's going to pay me the most money to come and play for them in the next three years? Whether it's Japan or and I know he's done all that kind of stuff before, but I think he'd have gone for the money. He's, he's I, doing I what he's doing because he, he wants to play for England. I'm, I'm sure not, he doesn't. He doesn't I, I'm sure he doesn't. Well, he's got know. so much other stuff going on, doesn't he? Yeah, but look, he's not. He's not a multi-multi-millionaire. So, to, you know, and 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 as a rugby player, his but career I don't is fine. That, that doesn't drive him. Like when you hear him speak, like he's even said in interviews, "I will play for nothing." Yeah, uh, which is probably not the best selling point. His agent's probably like, "Oh man, <laughs> shut up!" Say that. <laughs> what just, are you doing? He just slashed your offer in half. Yeah, um, but he just there's something about him I'm liking a lot at the moment. I mean, I like the guy anyway, but there's something about him I'm really liking at the moment. He seems to have a positivity that perhaps England rugby has been lacking of late. Yeah, well, look, we said in the last episode that we were going to wait until the till we knew who was in the the finals, and then we were going to make our prediction for the the squad that will go to South Africa. So a big part of that, when the time comes, will be making a call. We'll have a think, um, and obviously, guys, if you've got any opinions on what you think England needs, you know, should do with the captaincy uh, in South Africa, bearing in mind players that need to be rested and all the rest of it. Um, get in touch, let us know at England Rugby Pod or England Rugby Pod at gmail.com um, because I'd be very interested to hear your thoughts. Um, but we, yeah, we'll... Or Face Space or one of those or something. Yeah, yeah, Face, face Space or Twitter Box. Um, yeah. So, okay, so m- moving on then um, 
because we we we've, we're in danger of going back over the same stuff we went over last week. Um, no English players on this year's European Player of the Year shortlist. Surprise! What is the shortlist? What is the shortlist? So it's down to uh, Sexton, Furlong, and Fardy, who's the Aussie who plays for Leinster. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then a couple of French: Machineau and uh, is it Nakarawa, the second row? Yeah, no, he's a no. That's who's the winger, isn't he? Isn't is he, 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 is he a winger? I don't know. Yeah, and it, and if it's the guy I'm thinking of, awesome. And when you see that list, it's hard to argue it. Yeah. I mean, obviously, last year, last year was was our very own Owen Farrell. Um, do, do you think English players? I don't know whether I don't know what the list looked like when it was bigger. Um, do you know what? Do, do you think that English players have been unlucky in this respect because I, I of the Six of Nations? That, no, I, I'm trying to think even throughout the season. Can you think of one who you would have on that list? Billy. He hasn't played. I know. One of of, of the most successful English players this season. Yeah. Um, But, so, I can't think of an English player I'd have on that list. No, it's it's probably fair. Something I spotted, I thought I'd bring it up. Maybe a bit left field. I think that one of the best performing English players has been Sam Simmons. Yeah, quite possibly. Um, but I still wouldn't have them on the list. Like when you look at the names on that list, you're like, "Yeah, it's hard to argue that." There you go. Well, that, that, that's the. Well, I, don't, I don't know when that gets announced. Presumably after this, when the season finishes. But the, they are the final. After, yeah, the final after. five. <laughs> so no English, no chance of an English player repeating what Owen did last year. But um, well, but, it's it's been very English heavy because there was before Owen there was like Nick Bendenham. Um yeah. There was uh, Steph um, Armitage. Armitage. Who's but incidentally uh, j- just done an Achilles and is in a pretty bad way out in is it Poe he plays for isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah, I believe so. Has he? I, I yeah. didn't know that. That's news. Not, me, not uh, that he was uh, ever in danger of going on tour with England, uh, but um, he's not the no, he's not he's the guy not we wanted in 2015. Yeah, I don't why like because they said in exceptional circumstances we'd pick players abroad. Well, yeah, he was the best player. That is an exceptional circumstance. Well, it was to me anyway. Oh, mate. You are preaching to the choir, as they say. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so so what else to do? Is there anything else you wanted to cover? There's one more thing I want to go into, but it's it's probably going to be a good one to finish up on. So is there anything else you want to cover this week? So, um, do, do I want to cover this this week or do I want to? Don't want to wait. It was more about, I, th- I think it probably deserves a longer chat than we're going to give it now, but it was more about looking at the rugby as a whole at the moment, especially English. And I'll give a teaser for next week. A teaser, like, nice. A little trailer. A little trailer. Exactly. Exactly. So one of the things, it's been a In lot a of negative. Sorry. That was quite good. Thanks. Uh, there's been a lot of negative stuff going on in rugby at the moment, uh, which is unfortunate. And, um, you know, you know, you look at there's a Yorkshire Carnegie player who's been banned for four years for steroids. Um, four year ban suggests to me, I don't know the ins and outs, I can't even remember the guy's name, but you know, that's pretty serious. Israel Falau with his homophobic statements. I mean, look, he he's religious, he truly believes it. Everyone's entitled to their belief. Why he felt the need to put that on Twitter and just cause that is beyond me. I I, I think I think it's ridiculous. I think there's is no it- need. 
but I mean, look, I, we can maybe go into this when we discuss. What, so gay people will go to hell? Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm not on his side. I'm saying you just said people are entitled to their beliefs and it's a religious belief and all the rest of it. But, you know, slavery uh, obviously wasn't a religious belief, but it was a, a disgusting thing that a lot of people Holy believed. shit, that escalated quickly. Believed it. Um, um, uh, yeah, I mean, is it right to say that you're entitled to your opinion? You know, if you have a, if you, if you're a racist, you know, are you entitled to your opinion? Like, I think. Well, no, you're, you're they're dickheads, so. Um, but my point is, I, mean, is I, I think you know, look, the, the law clearly states that there's nothing wrong with the choices that you make when it comes to your your sexuality. So, should we allow? Should he can think what he wants, but should he be allowed to? I mean, maybe we're in danger of. The problem is, it's written in the Bible. He was quoting the Bible, and I don't want to get to everything's so, written in the Bible if you uh, if you look closely enough. So, I actually have a theory about it, and and this sounds like I'm just trying to be controversial. I'm actually not. I, I don't. If he believes that, fine. But there was no need to be outspoken. I actually think, and and good for him if he is. I actually think Israel Flam might be gay. <laughs> Interesting. I, I know that sounds weird. And and if hey, Israel, if you are good for you, mate, like whatever makes you happy. But it just seems so weird that he would do that. I mean, Protest, he must have protesting grown. too much, kind of scenario. Yeah. So we we actually had a guy at school who uh, sort of the year above, and he sort of overplayed the alpha male so much, and we were all like, he was so. And he was like a bit homophobic. He's now gay and married to a guy and cool. Like they seem very happy and, and I'm glad for them. But it, it kind of, when Israel Flau does that, it kind of reminded me of that. Okay. So I've, I don't know. Israel I've never <laughs> met the guy. I have Exclusive. no basis for this. Um, <laughs> I have no basis for this, but it did make me wonder. And it's, you know, who gives a shit? Like, <laughs> well, exactly. do what, I mean, it, it's, it's ridiculous. And actually the fact that I, I even, Brought this up, made it sound like I'm trying to be controversial. I've probably just, you know, not helped. But it was so to get to my wider point. There's been quite a lot of negative, like some Spanish players have been banned for approaching the ref. There's been quite a lot of back chat over the last few months for ref. And I just wonder, you know, I, I think rugby's still too good a sport, too good a people, uh, be it players, fans, and by too good a people, I mean people who just love the game and people who just want the game to be, you know, how it was to allow this to go too far. Mm. But it, it does worry me. And I wonder, and the, the reason I'm bringing this up, and I've done this in a really uh, direct way, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, straight to the point, mate. Just, yeah, uh, exactly. Just wait me when you get there. <laughs> I will. Has any of that creeped into England? Has uh, any of the attitude, not, not, I don't mean the specific homophobia <laughs> or anything, because I don't, no, of course not. But, has any of the sort of negatives for sort of back chat bit, but sort of almost the sort of not playing to the true spirit of the game and forgetting what you probably, know, forgetting what rugby's all yeah, about? Probably a little bit, but I think I think the advantage we have is the quality of the referees and you know, love them or hate them. Yeah. You know, the, the guys that, that have been doing this a long time and they know they know how to deal with teams. And so when it starts to happen in the games, they're able to kind of you know, cut it out straight away. Uh, yes. Do, do, do you think? Uh, and and actually, on that on that point, there's a, a I, I don't know the exact details, but I think this is great for rugby as a whole. There's a woman referee who's just been named. I believe she's going to be refereeing international matches. 
I just think it's, it's so awesome. Like it's such a good step forward to um, sort of because rugby's all about being inclusive. Yeah, it's all about that, and and I just I think that's a really positive step. Um, I don't know the full details, but she's certainly the first woman referee to get to the position she's in. So. I'm really sorry, I don't know your name, but if you do hear this, massive congratulations. That's awesome. And and it, it's done on merit as well, which yes. is exactly the right way to do it. You know, it's not just we need a figurehead. It's like, she's a great referee. She she deserves to be there. Yeah, it's got nothing to do with hashtag feminism. It's because she's, you know, good enough to be doing the job and, and that's what she's doing there. And yeah, that's good. Do you feel like a bit of a dick when you say hashtag something? Oh, it's just—it's the thing, isn't it? That you just hear it so much now. Man yeah. hater, hashtag feminism. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and but yeah, that's exactly it. Which, which my point being, it takes away from from the talent that exists. That you know, this this woman is going to be a world class or you know, a top flight referee on oh, merit, sure. yeah. not, not because she's a woman. Yeah, exactly. And and that's why the Israel Falau thing, I think, sort of pisses me off a bit. It's a rugby fan. Because rugby is such an inclusive game. Yeah. Um, like he's sort of going against the spirit of rugby, a game that's given him so much. I'm not he's got his belief, he's got his strong Christianity beliefs, and he's absolutely entitled to them. But he's wrong. Yeah, you're a dick. You are a dick. Simple you are just that. wrong. Yeah, yeah. He's wrong. Yeah. Take, taking <laughs> so, things literally from a book that was written God knows how many years ago. Um, guys, by, by some guys trying to, trying, trying to trying to trying to sell a story. Yeah. And and it, it's just, it, do you know what? It's a little pathetic. Yeah. It is It is just pointless and pathetic. And that's why I said, you know, is, is there something else going on here? And I, uh, I and Also, let's not forget, we've all seen Rome, you know, we've all seen gladiators and things like that. This was, this was a, you know, the Bible is based around a time when buggery was a pretty, uh, pretty regular occurrence. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's what they did then. That's that. That was a thing. Wow. I I did not expect slavery and the word buggery to be in this pod. No. But you know. we, we, we do. We cover everything. We cover everything on this yeah, pod. We, we are we, like like rugby. Like rugby, we are inclusive. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Um. But yeah. No. So that was. I really fucking milked that point, didn't I? You, you did. Um, I mean, but, you, well, you started by saying, uh, I'm just going to give a teaser. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I think most people listening don't want to hear, don't, they, they don't want that to have been a teaser. They want that to have been the topic I, I think covered. It has covered the <laughs> point anyway, so I don't think that's so, a topic next so, week. So I, on the other hand, will provide a teaser. Um, but like you, I think it deserves more time than we've got. Um, and that is the concussion issue in rugby. Um, so, yeah, guys. I'll say no more about it, but it's 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 a massive talking point. There's loads of stuff online. Um, you know, just go to the BBC. There's a great article on there. There's some very interesting statistics, and next week we will delve into that a little deeper. And if possible, we will get in touch with the pod doc, uh, who you won't have heard from possibly ever. He's only done one episode with us, but we'll get him back. Um, for those of you who have heard, he'll be he'll hopefully be here with some uh, some views uh, that are slightly more professionally grounded than than ours but um yeah lots to talk about on that uh on that front so we'll... as much as it hates me to say this he's actually well obviously he's very he's a very good doctor obviously but he's actually very knowledgeable about rugby as well don't tell him i said that but... no no <laughs> i mean does he listen <laughs> i have no idea i mean i'd like uh, to course... say yes 
Of course he does. Um, but obviously he's been a doctor for top level rugby teams as well, hasn't he? So, you know, and he loves the sport himself. Like he played it. Yeah, I, I think he'll, he'll be able to offer some, some interesting insights uh, yeah, that, that, that'll come from a very different place to our own. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll cover that next week because <laughs> I think it deserves a decent length episode. Um, so, yeah, I think that probably, probably rounds things off quite nicely for today. Coolio. Guys, uh, as always, thanks for listening. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning, uh, and as Tom Fussell uh, showed, uh, get in touch, and we will, you know, do our best to uh, to reach back out to you um, either directly or like we have done today through the pod. Um, email us at englandrugbypod at gmail Get in touch with us on social media at englandrugbypod. Um, and, uh, and let us know what you think. Also, don't forget to share with friends and family and you know all the rest of it. Spread the, spread the good word. Uh, and if you get an opportunity, head over to iTunes, rate us, review us. Uh, it's how we get noticed. It's how we grow. And obviously, the, the goal is to be as big as we possibly can um, by, uh, by next year's World Cup. So uh, we look forward to chatting to you again uh, next week.